0: Hello and welcome to the Villa Walks podcast, welcome to another episode of the Pre-Match Social, slightly different format this week. We have a very special guest with us this week. We've got Joey Derso from The Athletic joining us this week to discuss a, a couple of important topics. Joey, how are you, mate?
1: Very good, thanks. Even better after the result on, on Tuesday.
0: Excellent, excellent. Yes, very, very good result. And obviously we'll be discussing that uh, in our hero and villain segment uh, during this pod. Uh, I'm also joined by our regular crew, AJ, Sam, and Carl. Howie, voice.
2: Oh, good good to you, good. Are
0: All good. Cheers, Good, mate. Yeah. Thank you. Good, good, good. How was the uh, violin session, AJ? Yeah, my little daughter's first uh, violin concert,
3: and it went on for absolutely fucking ages. And I had to listen to loads of other uh, kids. Nineteen songs, there were, and then he was like, "Oh, there's a special extra one," and it was just some grown woman singing Silent Night, and like nobody is here for this. We all, just want, we all just want to watch our own kids play for 10 minutes and then, and then go home. And you don't oh. really
4: want to do that, do you? Let's be honest. No, <laughs> no, not
3: really. Not really. Hour and hour and 10 it was. And I think I've, I've videoed pretty much everything that Cole did. And uh, I think it totaled about nine minutes. So sure, sure Th- those still doing the- those, okay. those nine minutes were great and heartwarming. But, you know, I could have done without the other 55 minutes. Plus a load of wankers not wearing masks as well. So. Oh. We've probably got probably i'm probably gonna die now just for going to watch my daughter play violin but <laughs>
0: your uh your reward is uh the villa talks podcast episode yeah yeah here we are yeah that's yeah. pandemic parenting we, I guess yeah we've had, we've had some technical issues as ever uh, so we're recording this on Microsoft Teams. so uh apologies if the audio is slightly different than what you' normally used to sam's currently walking around his house in his dressing gown <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's house it's a house coat apparently House coat, what the the fuck's a house just, just ignore me. Some <laughs> body body of armor or something. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, should we crack on? Yes. Uh, enough for, yeah. Enough for, enough for that. Um, so I thought we'd start off instead of doing the news stories. We've obviously got Joey with us this, this week, and uh, and I suppose the main reason why we've got Joey with us is, is excellent work, investigative work, and articles on, on on a few different topics. In particular, socio's. Uh, which obviously is, is, a, is a big thing uh, in the football community over the last over 12, 18 months, 24 months, uh, and definitely uh, a big talking point for, for Villa fans as well, uh, and so we'll discuss that. Uh, some stuff came out in the fan consultation group about Socios, who was raised again, uh, and uh, Villa were pretty firm in, the, in their stance, uh, which surprised me, uh, because they had told fans 18 months ago whatever it was that they weren't interested in Socios and obviously there's been no turn there so we'll discuss that we'll discuss a bit of NFTs maybe a bit of football sponsorship generally so Joey will be really interesting to hear from you on all those topics and then we'll, we'll delve into the fun stuff which is the, the, the latest uh, victory against Norwich um, talk maybe briefly about Liverpool game and obviously look forward to the, uh, the game against Burnley on Saturday. So without further ado, uh, let, let's, let's kick off. Joey, I suppose probably the best place to start is for those listeners who are not uh, totally in tune with what Socios is or how it affects us as Villa fans. It'd be good just to hear from you just exactly, in, so briefly, what it is and how it's impacting our club.
1: Yeah, so, so they say they're a fan token company for fan engagement, and they have deals with, I think, seven Premier League clubs now. It's Villa, Man City, Arsenal, Everton, Leeds, Palace. Uh, I've probably missed one. No offence to whatever team that is. Um, Arsenal? Is Arsenal Arsenal, yeah. Um, yeah. They, they, uh, they offer you votes on matches relating to the club. Exciting things. So, uh, I looked at Arsenal the other day, and it was who scored with the best goal against top note. It's like a Twitter poll, which you kind of pay for entry. There are things like rewards you can win, you can, you can win like a VIP box at Villa. But all of this is, is cryptocurrency. It's these kind of tokens which float freely on this cryptocurrency exchange, and they're bought and sold. And my understanding of this company is it actually has very little to do with football. Football is basically a way to sort of legitimize it. Um, and it's all about trading. It's all about trying to make money. And it's really popular in countries like Turkey, where, um, You've got a lot of inflation at the moment. So people are desperately trying to find places to put their money where they can make a bit of profit. Um, but you know, like Aston Villa Football Club is lending its name to this. And there are these sort of, you know, I think the Villa one was like um, what should the training ground be renamed, like Rotterdam Way or something? It's like and people I think the winner was like Rotterdam Way. And you know, I think that, you know, that's maybe a good thing, engaging fans on something that like that. But why do you need to sell crypto tokens? Um, it's not been clear to me. And and I've asked the I've spoken to the company I've dealt with them multiple times and sort of said, why, um, why why, does cryptocurrency have to be involved here? And I've never got a very good answer to that. And I, I suppose the issue with football, with, with Villa, is, is a reputational one. I mean, um, this could just all go belly up. There's no regulation. The Financial Conduct Authority doesn't have a clue. No one really knows what's going on. There's no, you know, if you buy a share in a company and it goes bust, there's all sorts of people you can complain to. If this just goes pop tomorrow, which is entirely plausible, it's based in Malta. Um, no one really understands it then a lot of people are going to be annoyed and they're going to be annoyed at the football clubs that have promoted it and given it legitimacy. So I think there is a bit of a legitimacy issue around the club here.
0: Yeah no definitely and uh, so I mean my my background um, in terms of my profession is a chartered financial planner so you know we advise clients in a regulated world around investments and, and sort of financial planning and if we ever venture in, which we do quite often, around sort of private equity, venture, venture capital type investments, which are seen as high risk, we have to be very confident that the person has the knowledge, experience, and understanding to to, to know what they're getting into. So basically, financially sophisticated. Now, these are unregulated products, aren't they? So there, there's no regulation happening at there's all. No,
1: there's no rules. Like,
0: any, <laughs> like you know, you can get
1: bogged down in financial conduct authority. This and there, there are no rules here. Like, there's no rules. So that's what you need to know. I mean, so and also another thing that kind of bothers me about it is is if people want to do like high risk investments you know bitcoin crypto like whatever great i'm not telling people what to do with their money but like this is not marketed as that this is marketed as be a fan of your club um which is not it's, it's a crypto game um yeah. and if people want yeah. to do crypto games then great but that's that, that's not what that's not what this is being promoted as
0: yeah because the the only way you can you can buy these tokens is obviously using the Chili's the the, the cryptocurrency, which is not just only solely used for this, is just used, it's used as a cryptocurrency. So you can trade on it even if you're not. It's not related to football. So it affects trading in a in an asset that has no. There's nothing behind it really. It's just pure speculation, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah and it's gone down by fifty percent in the last month. So there'll be a load of probably you know Villa fans who've bought this stuff have this currency in their virtual wallet, and it's now gone down by half. And you know maybe it'll go up by half. I don't know, but. <laughs> like, you know, I spent months looking into this and I don't really understand how it works and, and who's behind it. And, and so it's just incredibly opaque. And I think there's a huge risk that this could all just blow up in the club's face, really. And they'll look pretty stupid if it does. Isn't,
3: isn't one of the issues, Joey, as well, the kind of the different types of investors in there. So like you've got fans who are buying a token effectively to represent their, their club. And I guess the idea is that if a club's performance improves then the value of that token improves but actually in reality because of the cryptocurrency underlying it actually that doesn't happen and what's actually happening is a lot of people who are invested in those currencies are speculating on the club so I I think it was it was an athletic article but I might be wrong it was giving the example of uh, when Messi went to PSG and you'd expect that to, yeah I thought that was you that was your <laughs> uh, you'd expect that to have a kind of positive impact on the value of their tokens but what happened was the value went up before it happened on the on the rumors but then when he actually signed it went down again because all of the speculative investors had made their money and now they were now they were getting rid and I think that's isn't that like a a danger specifically for fans who are buying it as a fan of the club or or people who are buying it with a football understanding rather than an understanding of the underlying investment and thinking oh well you know Villa are about to make a a marquee signing so it would make sense for me to invest in them for a football from a football point of view but then actually because there's the other layers involved that that actually could be undermined and you end up getting your fingers fingers burned.
1: Yeah, I, I, it, and it's, it's kind of the opposite of what you'd think. You'd think, you know, when things go well, it goes up. When things go badly, it goes down. But it's the sort of reverse because, um, like, when Atletico Madrid won La Liga, um, it went up. The, the last day was, I don't even remember, it was quite all three of them could have won it and then Atletico won it. The value of the token went up and up and up and up. And as soon as they won it, it plunged. And what that means is people are, you buy the rumour and you sell the news, right? Like, if you think something's going to happen, you buy it. And then you sell it to some mug. <laughs> like... Um, once the thing is confirmed and then it goes down really quickly because people try and cash out and you know Man City hammered Leeds 7-0 the other day um, both Socios clubs during that match or after that match Man City went down and Leeds went up like this isn't tracking performances on the pitch and if when things are going down in that manner you know you've probably got the big guys at the top selling it you've probably got some mug at the bottom who's like oh I'll buy it because my team's won um you know losing out it's just, you know, it's absurd. It's, 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 the whole thing's mad. That,
0: that's the issue, though, isn't it, Joey, as well, in terms of the uh, investor sentiment. So, um, Chile's uh, crypto is a, a big issue with crypto is, is what they call whales. So, um, if, if someone owns that crypto, there's uh, a large stake in it. It can really impact the market in terms of whether it goes up and down. And the owners of Chile's, they own a significant amount of this crypto. So, they have a big say in what happens with the cryptocurrency and the
1: yeah and that's how they make money so they make money on on trades so villa or whichever club and the company will take a cut of each each trade so that's i mean you know and like i guess in the club's defense they get money which they can spend on transfers and wages and whatever right and but it's by all accounts quite a lot of money like you know everyone everyone you know i'm sure lots of fans would like it to be like muller yogurt or whatever but they're not going to pay millions and, and these guys are so i think lots of Premier League clubs are kind of, you know, listening to their fan consultations. And as far as I, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but as far as I'm aware, very few match going fans like this at all. Um, but it's, it's it's big money, um, and yeah. that's the kind of buying the
0: clubs are in. And it's the same. I suppose I spe- I spe- playing devil's advocate. I'm you know, Sorry, you just had to say. It, I think sorry, sorry to interrupt. But devil's advocate is is it, is it similar to gambling? You know, having gambling sponsors. You know, how much of how much of the uh, the Premier League now is sponsored by these random Chinese gambling firms that no one has ever heard of, and they've got these really random websites uh, that, you know, just, just a, like just like a holding page that well, yeah, be anyone. But uh, OB Sports, which like, no one knows
1: anything about. Um, yeah, it's kind of two sides of the same coin, you know, gambling is, is, is going out, is on its way out, the government's going to bring in a gam- ban probably, and clubs are trying to fill that gap. And it's particularly clubs in the Premier League outside of the big European spots that are um, most uh, appealing to these companies because, you know, you're on TV lots, you're in China, you're whatever, but the, the clubs in the Champions League and stuff don't really want to associate themselves with some of these companies or, you know, they've got lots of fans in maybe the Arab world where there is kind of taboos around gambling. So, it's you know, the key clubs like, you know, Villa, Everton, West Ham,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I suppose from a close perspective, it's, uh, you know, Chilis or whoever owns, the, owns a cryptocurrency and whoever owns Socios, they, they could do what they like at the end of the day in terms of an unregulated world. Um, they can set up whatever business they want, and it's very similar to gambling. But from a club's perspective, how disappointed are you in, in a club like Aston Villa when when not so long ago we said that we wouldn't be involved and we almost like sort of chased the money a little bit. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the people are going to be... I mean, Chilis, they will... You know cover themselves they will say you know this is only for suitable for financially sophisticated people uh, and all that kind of stuff you could lose all your money but but then no
1: so yeah yeah well no exactly yeah so the financially sophisticated person i found that line buried in a document from 2018 basically saying this product is not for financially unsophisticated persons so basically you know this this is for sort of you know serious financial people with qualifications whatever now it's evolved into this anything goes Pushing it to like, you know, kids on match days thing. Um, So, like, yeah, uh, there is no rules, there's no guidance, there's no warning. You know, some of Villa's emails initially had no, didn't even mention cryptocurrency. You know, they were just like, here's a way to engage in your club. So uh, they're they're really not. And uh, Villa done actually worse than other clubs in, in that respect, you know, in terms of, you know, I think Arsenal accompanied it with some proper statements being like, this is what it's all about. Villa's emails were pretty. Uh, you know, they they did not make it clear what this was.
0: I mean, do do we have an idea what kind of money the club's making on on something like this? Is is it it hard to see? Have we seen what other clubs have done?
1: We don't know, but I think for the, I know that for the likes of, you know, PSG and Barcelona, it's it's millions and millions of dollars. I mean, obviously Villa would be less than that, but, but a big chunk, a lot of money. This isn't some, and that's why I think people at the top of clubs are maybe biting their, lip a bit and knowing I'll get a bit of flat for it but sort of soldiering on anyway because th- th- there's big sums of money.
0: Yeah I mean, I mean I'm just trying to find the, the FCG meeting notes it'll just be interesting to hear what I just sort of try and rehash what the uh, what the, what the club said and I thought they were quite quite um, quite defensive about yeah. So, yeah, I, so interesting yeah so they said uh, so uh, so at, at the FCG uh, this is what they said so the uh, FCG meeting in, with Christian on 10th of 17th 2019 that was when they were asked the question. They said if they had any plans to associate with socialists. At that time, they didn't have any plans. And that's when they, they've sort of got themselves out to. But I think it was a bit stronger than that. I think they replied. Uh, and they've said that, you know, that every season ticket holder gets the opportunity to claim a free socialist token. But uh, you know, really, your article, obviously, one token isn't really worth that much. when. when yeah, but a also, 60, 70 token. You guys would know better than,
1: about me than this. But from my understanding of, you know, being certainly a Villa member, going to a lot of games, being to a lot of fans, and also of the, all these other clubs, but football fans are not interested in this, as far as I'm aware, like no. <laughs> at all.
0: Yeah, if you, I mean, if you had like a key decision, like you could influence like a key strategic decision in terms of what the stadium would look like, redevelopment, what design, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but not just it's sort it's of the, the, Indo- the Arsenal, and and the, never party, they- the music. Yeah, it's just pointless. Sell
1: that to the mob, you know, you get a load of like blue noses voting on it, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, no, no really, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not a substantive decisions, it's not transfers, it's not team selections or anything like that it's just trivial stuff you know what color is the team bus you know what music should they listen to in the dressing room you know and i I, i've always i've kind of said repeatedly like if any genuine fan is really excited about the surf uses it votes on it please talk to me because i want to be balanced about all this you know if this is genuinely exciting to to fans tell me about it i'm interested because i've not met one really yet yeah
0: definitely we'll we'll put it out there it'll be
3: good to hear back from fans i I mean but still even then the stuff that they're doing that they're asking you to engage on Should just be like a Twitter poll or something. They shouldn't be asking people to pay money to say what (laughs) say what music they should play in the dressing room. You know, if you're going to ask people that, then it's such a lightweight.
1: And you know, they they do ask a lot. You know, the the the, I I I paid fifty quid the other day to go to a match, and like you know, I don't have a season ticket, but the membership is now forty quid. You know, could that not come with some votes on things? Like, it's it's just the, the idea that you know, paying for stuff you kind of think you're already paying for
0: yeah yeah yeah, we, and we've had that issue with abtv as well uh, i think as well with the Stephen Jarrett press conference and that although i think that was a bit of a misunderstanding but yeah just i think i think the overall message is obviously we're very disappointed in uh, in the club and, and i do wonder if this will lead to other things like uh, nfts for example um, so which is another another hot topic so for those listeners who don't know uh, nft stands for non-fungible tokens so it's basically a unique digital asset that you have ownership over and 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 i think clubs may go into this i don't know what you think joe if you've looked into this but maybe by having like a i don't know unique uh, tweet about assigning something selling that for example the, the day we we signed i don't know what was sold really short something like that whatever it is they could maybe sell that as a unique digital asset maybe maybe that will be something that the club
1: looks to do yeah I mean, QPR just announced uh, this yesterday. And, you know, it's an incredibly negative reaction from all their fans. Um, but it's it's, it's it's kind of printing. The thing is, without a lot of this stuff, is it's making profit out of sort of thin air. Like, if you're selling shirts or you're selling tickets, all these things, you, you're, you're, it costs you money, right, to, like, staff Villa Park or to make a football shirt. If you're selling a NFT, an image of, like, you know, Villa on the blockchain, like, they cost you zero. So, like, you can see why they want to do this. Because for them, it's, like, free money. and. Football is in this desperate, like, scramble for cash constantly. Like, I mean, you know, there's just, just the, 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 there's like runaway wage inflation in football, right? They're just paid more and more and more all the time. And clubs can't make enough money to keep up with that. So they're just desperately looking for any cash anywhere.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, what, what do you think we can do on, uh, what do you think we could do as fans to, to, send the message to clubs that you know this is not on I mean I know I know some fans won't care they'll be pretty agnostic about this but I think a lot yeah. of fans are pretty have pretty strong opinions about something like this because because like I said you know there's there's probably kids involved in this and gambling and, and being encouraged to gamble almost yeah I mean it's hard because
1: it's a good question I mean you know and I'm not telling like if people are excited by this great as I said like I'm not sure that anyone is but people, I think if people should feel uncomfortable about it, have a sort of big picture, like reputational thing. Like if this all ends in tears, you know, it's not a direct comparison, but if you look at Football Index, a company which I wrote a lot about, a gambling company which were completely fast. And that was very different because that was regulated by the UK Gambling Commission. Like with here, there's no rules at all. Um, but that, that looked bad for Nottingham Forest and QPR. You know, you've got like Nottingham Forest shirts with Football Index on it everywhere. Like if this goes belly up, like it'll look bad for Villa and you can't really put a number on that. And but, you know, I think the slightly, the slightly uh, cynical thing is that, like, does it really matter, you know, ultimately? If the club gets a few million quid, yeah, they might look bad. Like, whose job is it, right? If you're the commercial people, your job is to make as much money as possible. Yeah, it's a bit cringe. Yeah, fans know it's a bit grubby. But, you know, you get another, get someone on loan in January and that might pay for it. Yeah,
2: yeah I think, is, is is there a sense here that, you know, the club's, They know where the wind's blowing in terms of gambling. Uh, People like Matt Zarb-Cousin and, and, uh, you know, others who are doing great um, work in terms of holding the um, gambling industry to account and pushing for tighter regulations, which I I really think uh, we're we're starting to see now. And I think that those regulations are going to be tighter. And I think uh, gambling, advertising in sport is going to fall away. And i wonder whether this is the you know the, the 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 marketing and the managers are saying well you know we've got to bring this money in from somewhere that if the gambling money evaporates then that's a big black hole in the in the finances of, of most clubs and we we need to replace that so how are we going to replace that well perhaps we can offer this uh, gateway drug to cryptocurrency you know <laughs> um, um and perhaps that's the way
1: hang on i i think one thing I'd just say on gambling, like I've done a lot on this topic, I think, you know, there, there, there's gambling and there's gambling. Like, you know, I, I occasionally will put on, like, you know, a £5 pound accumulator, like, But I think the entire, I, other people might disagree, but I'm not totally against the entire concept of gambling. Um, but some of these Asian-facing um, Premier League ones are completely insane. I mean, they have no named person next to them. They're all supposedly run out of a tiny office in the Isle of Man, um, you know, that, that no one knows who runs these companies. Like no one, there's no named person anywhere. Like God, anyone could be running these companies. Anyone could be making millions of pounds um, from their advertising in the Premier League. You know, in China, obviously, China where gambling's illegal, so like the entire business is basically illegal. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so yeah, like the you know, and this is Villa really sponsors example of this. They're, they're, there's some of these Asian-facing, they're called white-label betting companies, are just really something else compared to what we understand as gambling companies that are based in
0: britain or whatever yeah i I just posted a comment about tony's yard there so (laughs) let's not get into that i I I
3: think for me though the the elephant in the room and joey touched on this is the the kind of assumption and the super league and everything was founded on this that you know runaway player wages is something that can't be stopped Like, like the whole you know, all of these things that are potentially damaging to football at, at the moment are only happening because nobody is willing to actually say, hang on, we're living beyond our means. Perhaps we should spend less as opposed to trying to earn more from whatever grubby source it, it will come from. And I understand that there's always going to be one club that's got more money than another. And it's really hard to kind of stop that train, once it that runaway train, once it picks up pace but there's a wider question here around how how do you address that issue of overspending one way to do it is to earn more money if you can but the other way to do it is to address that issue and you know whether that's a salary cap or whatever it is i don't i don't know it's a very complicated issue as to how you do that but you know it just it's so it's that's the fundamental problem here is that clubs are just so desperate to grab any sort of money they can to try and maintain uh, an advantage um, and, and actually you know I, I do think at the end of the day it's the, the players that provide the entertainment and they should take the lion's share of the money that comes into football but they can't be taking more than clubs are generating on a on a day-to-day basis and they needs and that perhaps that's where some sort of new regulator that's being mooted can help or whatever but uh, to me that's the fundamental issue in football is is the runaway cost of Paying for players through transfer fees and salaries, um, and that's leading us into all kinds of pretty dark spaces. Be be that owners who behead people and murder journalists, uh, or um, be be that at a slightly alleged slightly less damaging uh, level, uh, you know. And um, and cup ties at half eight uh, in
2: Manchester <laughs> when there's no train back. Yeah, you know? five five
0: to eight, isn't it? Or whatever.
2: The, <laughs> I think, yeah, you know, it's, it's just disgrace. Good your mentioned that you'd have
0: missed the <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I won't be um, going up
2: any- to Manchester on you- a. <laughs> I won't be going up to
0: Manchester on a weeknight. No, Carl, do you have anything to add?
4: Um. Well, I suppose it's about the the uh, the runaway finances and the, the wages just increasing and increasing. Like, I mean. There is. If there was any, if there was any appetite at the, from the sort of top clubs to to stop that, it's easy to do. It's easy to put in a salary cap as long as everyone agrees it. Um, because once every, once there's a salary cap, these footballers can't go anywhere else. Like, you, it 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 should be easy to go. Right, it's ridiculous. Let's have a salary cap. But but they're not interested in doing that. They're interested in having their own little league where people can't touch them. Where it's like the, the problem. Once they put in a salary cap. It brings a lot of other clubs into play. Other clubs can then start competing. And that's the last thing they want, isn't it? They'd prefer to slowly just um, destroy th- themselves um, from a financial point of view, rather than, than allowing um, there to be a sort of a leveler playing field. Do salary
2: caps work, though? I mean, can you point to a league or a sport and say, OK, they've got a salary cap and actually the outcome is better?
0: Does it well, like NBA NFL? Do they have? Do
4: they yeah, I mean, that? I mean, yeah. not that it not that it necessarily gives a level playing field, but um, it certainly stops money from going, you know, totally out of control. And if that, you know, that it, it at least stops that. Whether it whether it creates a, a more level playing field, that's probably well, but definitely, the NBA and NFL. You know,
0: you do get teams that do win, yeah, you know, win two or three in a row, obviously, like Chicago Bulls did in the nineties and things like that. But on the whole, you do get different teams. When you get, you you'll hear stories where, but the draft is
2: part won, of that. The yeah, the draft is part well. of that,
0: but th- but that's another that's another option as well we have to, to bring in. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to stray away too much from the topic. There's so much we can go on here. No. Maybe maybe this deserves a whole other pod, Joey. Joey, it'd be good to get you back on because I'd, I'd like to get feedback from the from the listeners as well uh, about what we can do. And I'm quite I'm quite passionate about this given sort of my profession. Uh, and in terms of, you know, I do a lot in terms of financial education. I've done a lot with footballers as well. And in schools, you know, it's just starting to come into schools. Yeah, if you think about it, there's no financial literacy as such until recently so no one really knows about finances yet this is so important and, and you know what the average fan you know with the people I deal with for example apart from a few footballers and a few lottery winners the majority are business owners who've started a business and become successful and then sold it so they, they understand finances to an extent the majority of people the vast majority of people involved in this will not be financially literate will not be nowhere near at that level to knowledge and, and understanding and that that is a big big risk and, uh, and I think from an ethical perspective as well you know I just think it's, it's wrong especially when these 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 football clubs are supposed to be the heart of the community this is something that could destroy a community this could destroy a family you know it really can that's how serious it can get it's just like gambling and I, I think it's it's something that we've got to keep sort of knocking the door on to be honest I, I don't think it's something that we just you know do in this part for half an hour and then forget about it it's something that we've got to Doing and Joey, I applaud all the work that you're doing as well on on all this type of stuff. I think the more you do on that, the more the message will go out, hopefully. I I guess I can just slightly play devil's advocate on some of the sort of salary cap stuff. It's basically
1: the Premier League is like cream of the cream right now because it pays more than Germany and Spain and Italy. And, you know, I think the one signing I think was the most like that really stuck with me this summer was Maxwell Cornet went from Lyon, like, you know, pushing for, you know, the French real top places to Burnley and you know why did he do that because he got paid more money like um, and you know Burnley the TV money for Burnley for Norwich is is more than it is for you know some of the top teams in, in Spain and Germany and and the Premier League is just an absolute goldmine at the moment and you know Spain has been in decline Italy's I guess been in decline for quite a while now and the Premier League everyone wants to play there and you know players getting paid stupid money is a big
0: reason for that yeah, yeah. definitely 100% uh, well, I don't want to go on too long on this because we've got other stuff to discuss, but like I said, Joey, it'd be good to get you back on at some stage because I definitely want to continue talking about because I think these are, these are important topics. We do try and deal with the important topics. We've done it in the past uh, when, the, uh, sort of the, when it was in lockdown and they made us pay for games and do uh, the food bank stuff, etc. as well. So we try and deal with the important topics when we can. So I think this is a very important topic in close to many people's hearts. So we'll definitely push on, the, uh, push on this and, and try and keep Keep going at the club as much as we can uh, on this, but let, for now let's push on and uh, change of uh, change of mood. Hopefully, Carl, it's uh, hero and villain of the week. Where you for first,
4: Carl? Um, I kind of struggled with villain this week. Um, I mean, I had to take into account Liverpool and um, the. Who did we Norwich. Norwich.
0: <laughs> Uh
4: the Norwich game? Um, I don't
0: blame you for that. They didn't really turn up, did
4: they? No, they didn't. No, yeah. Um, Dean Smith's Norwich, of course. Um, and I've, I've kind of... I was struggling, as I say. And I, I've settled on... It's kind of a mix of two people. Um, and it's Jurgen Klopp. Um, and I'll discuss why with him. Um, he he has this... Um, this touch... Like, like his, his persona... Um, he comes across as a very sort of fair, level-headed man. And um, I'm, I'm sure he is. But I think when he's on the touchline and he doesn't get... It could just be a throw-in. He acts like his, his team has been so hard done by for so long. Like, every single def- decision has to go his team's, his team's way. And if it doesn't... He's like a petulant child. And he does it in that little... Where he's got a little grin on his face as well. Where you, you kind of would just like to slap him. Um, I, I think who also does it pep. But pep does it just whilst he's sat on the bench. Just shrugging his shoulders. Folding his arms as if... Why do we get so many bad decisions at Man City? And why do we get so many decision bad decisions at um, Liverpool? And that pissed me off. And I would have just given it to Klopp. If it wasn't for... Um, and I, I reckon there's going to be some disagreement on here as well. Uh, actually, I know there will be, but um, I, I think I'm going to give it to the cheat that is uh, Salah, where he blatantly cheated to win that pen. And people are talking about, oh, it's clever. Isn't it clever what he did there? Yeah, well, well most cheats are clever, aren't they? Otherwise, <laughs> they won't get away with it. But it was he definitely cheated. And if like because just because he Actually gets knocked to the ground. That doesn't make it any what any sort of um less of a cheat or a dive than uh you know some of the stuff that you see where Grealish would barely sort of get feathered and he'd fall over. Like he literally put his foot in a place where Mings couldn't do anything about, so of course there was some contact, and then he had he had the balls to then do a gamble and fling his legs in the air as if. As if he's being sort of smashed from behind. Um, so I'm giving it to him. And yes, I'm calling him a cheat. He's a very good player, but he's also a massive cheat. Um, so, yeah, that's my villain of the week.
0: <laughs> well, Before I uh, <laughs> decipher all that, do you any words?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know you like like Klop, Klopp. He's got this kind of pally demeanour, but he can be a bit annoying at times.
0: I know, know. the good
2: thing is, the good thing, the thing is if thing. He, if he tries to listen to this, he won't understand anything that Carl just said, Will he? Paul
0: actually freeze to me i sorry, what?
3: He should have been villain <laughs> of the week for the, on that basis for his yeah. anti-brubby racism. Also, I'd forgotten you know? about that, actually.
0: Just... He's, always, <laughs> he's always
3: going on about how left-wing he is and all of that and how it's all about the collective, isn't he? But, you know, it's not... It's not I
0: can't understand down on the It's yeah. not on, is it? Punching down, is it? Yeah. Is it? Punching down. Unbelievable.
3: Yeah, I would, I would favour Klopp over over Salah, to be honest. I, I you know, I, I said this to you the other day, Carl, when you said you were probably going to give it to to Salah. I think as Villa fans, we've spent, I don't know, three, four years talking about how Grealish doesn't dive. And what he does is he steps across players and wins fouls. And yes, they, yes. Yeah, they but, can't we lighting, we? They, dive, know, but we were lying, weren't we? Of course he was diving. I lighting. mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't lying. Oh, no,
0: he's gone, <laughs> he's
3: gone. fine, he's fine, he's gone. I wasn't, I wasn't no. lying.
0: So, I, I, I thought, look, I thought it, looked,
3: I, it looked clumsy, didn't it, AJ? It looked it clumsy. It was, clum- it was clumsy. Like, Mings, Mings was unfortunate because essentially Salah's done him. You know, he's, he's done him. But, clever.
4: It was clever, wasn't it? It was very clever. Well,
3: I'd, I'd, I, I don't think if you step across a player and the player fouls him, by your own admission, you know, Mings, there is contact. He's brought him down, effectively. That's a, that's a foul. Like, it's unfortunate as a defender because you can't do anything about it. But if the player's good enough, to get in front of you, get across you, and cause you to foul them. That's for me. That's, I, that's still a thing. I think
2: there's a line. There's a line, right? If I get yeah. across you, like good play, Salah got the got across means he had the pace and the strength to get across him. If I then slow down and just keep slowing down until eventually one of your legs, because you're running forward and I'm slowing down, hits uh, my heel, and then I hit the deck. Like is that necessarily a foul? Like I've I've done everything I can to invite that contact. Like see all the time.
0: you see that all the time. That don't you? You see that all the time. You see that when uh, like we're under Martial pressure. that Defenders time. Got Defenders got it in the corner. Like we're, we're, Robert Snodgrass at Villa when he was alone, He'd do it all the time, where he'd, he'd sort of get his body in the way and then wait for a touch and then go down. It happens all the time. I think it's just part of the game. I don't. It's not. It's not the 1970s anymore. Is Gareth. Gareth. Gareth yeah, Barry used to win
3: free kicks like that
0: all of the time, Sam, and I know you were not I find that mate. In so, that
3: case, it's fine. You know that that used to be one of our biggest pressure relieving moments was Gareth Barry just stepping across someone and winning a free kick like that. But what, what about the? It's a foul. Yeah, it? yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm right, with AJ. What I'm about just, that one? Yeah. That, wasn't it like the one Kane did on Cashy last year? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That that
3: worse. one was for me. That was worse than the Salah one, but I still think it was a, still think it was a foul. Because he's literally, like, st- stuck his leg out where they're not even challenging for the yeah, ball, really. The game's mean, gone. But...
4: The game's gone. <laughs> oh, <no. Stop.
3: laughs> but but I agree with Klopp. I agree one. with Klopp, though,
0: mate. Klopp was well, driving well, me, it's, tough. It, it's tough because I'm giving it to Salah. Oh, well, I'm, so, I'm surprised, Carl, I'm surprised you didn't mention the uh, the penalty that we should have
4: Well, given. I mean, uh, there's no point. It, it seems like I'm the only person in the world who thought it was a penalty. Uh, I, no, I, thought I thought that,
0: that, was, I thought was, a I thought that was a penalty. I don't think I could criticise Danny Ings for not Going down. Oh, I know. no, no, I, I, I,
4: and I get that, but he, he, he did appeal, but then he, he thought it's still in play, I can still try and score here. Better than that cheat Salah who did a gamble and made sure he got his penalty and won the game <laughs> for his team. Yeah, well, unbelievable. But no, yeah. I know, I know, but, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Match of the day, they showed a a still where it says, oh, look, you can see the keeper's got his hands on the ball there. That doesn't show that the keeper's got his hands on the ball there. What that shows is that in that picture, it looks like the keeper's touched the ball. If you watch any replay, he's not got near it. I, and it should have been a penalty, but I didn't. Uh, it's annoying me again. So that's why I didn't bring it up. I didn't want to get annoyed about that. <laughs> sorry, mate.
0: <laughs> sorry, Look at the look on his face. If any <laughs> listeners could hear this, uh, because I can see his face, <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> um, Before be- before we move on to Hero of the Weekend, probably Norwich game. I think uh, pre- well, without preempting it, Joey, your, your sort of final thoughts on the on the Liverpool loss. Obviously, I know it's a few days away, but we haven't we haven't covered it. Obviously, with the games being so close together. Yeah,
1: I mean. <laughs> Well, it was a bit disappointing, to be honest. I mean, I think the other five performances have been great with Steven Gerrard. Uh, didn't really offer anything going forward. 1-0, flattered us, really. I mean, yeah, I've, obviously they're one of the best teams in the world, so you can't complain too much, but obviously Man City, I went to that game, uh, that was, you know, really great. I feel like we could have got something out of it. Yeah, a bit a bit meh, but one bad, one iffy performance out of six, I'll take that against Liverpool.
0: Yeah. Although, although uh, Esri Konsa was, was well, he was great me.
1: the one on one I can't remember who was that against where he, oh three yeah. on one wasn't it three on
0: one Salah uh and the I think yeah that was brilliant and just just in overall so I watched it with the my, my a few of my cousins with uh, the whole family the fans and uh, I just said I said at the beginning they were talking about the, the players who don't like game, etc. I said Ezri Collins is the one for me, just watch him defend, watch how he defends. And I was I was actually quite nervous. I thought he might mess up or whatever because I'm giving him the curse. But he was just so good and they was just so impressed with how calm he is and the yeah. way he defends. You know, the, I think it was one where I think it might have been, uh, I think it was Thiago on the edge of the box where he tried to, normally any other defender he does, you know, he pretends to shoot, comes on his left foot, but Conde just makes it his body shape where he, he just can't get on his left foot and nicks the ball away. And just things, little things like that where just the art of defending isn't the pure, pure defender he is.
1: Well, one good thing about that game is just having all the Steven Gerrard, Anfield chat. Like we've done that now, everyone's had their fun. Like let's move on and talk about other things. Yeah, yeah. And he, played,
0: he played that well as well, didn't he? He's so professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All Right, should we uh, should we move on to hero of the
4: week? Yeah, oh? uh, yeah. Okay. Um. So you mentioned Conter there. He was very close. Um. He was very close to getting it this week, but I've got to give it to Jacob Ramsey, haven't I? Um, I think the midfielder yeah. that Jack Grealish wishes he was. Um <laughs> the uh the great boss D V J. Um I thought he was I thought he was brilliant. And like and I, I heard a few people say no oh, he didn't really he wasn't really um too involved in it. And I thought I just thought he was great and he, he wasn't a constant threat going forward. He was really tidy. I I barely ever seen him give the ball away. Um, and he's 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 like, he doesn't look like a twenty-year-old. Like, or, or he doesn't. It doesn't feel like that when you're watching him play. I, I, I think he's incredible. And that, and that, and that run. Um, and um, you know, with his uh, weaker foot, um, smashing. It took a slight deflection, which everyone keeps. Oh.
0: Just, uh, just, push, just that? Ignore, yeah. it, ignore, ignore it. That. Ignore it, that. Everyone's
4: ignoring it. But I mean, I suppose everything he did in the run-up to that was great. Um, and you know, as. With all our midfielders at the moment, you know, even if, you know, talk about, um, Sanson and, um, Nakamba, um, unfortunately injured, but he's, he, he seems to have improved every single one of them. And, um, yeah. it's brilliant. Louise is, is starting putting in, um, great performances again. And Gerard seems to have, be having a massive effect on our midfield. And I think the person that is going to benefit most from that, I think is going to be Jacob Ram- Ramsey.
0: Aj, how, how important do you think the the tactics employed by Gerard uh, in terms of the two number eights and how they operate in compared to what we did under Dino? How, how, how much influence do you think that's having on on the performances of our midfielders, and how much have improved under under Gerard? Uh, well,
3: clearly the biggest improvement, and we've talked about this before, has been in the midfield area, because we spent the first half of this season and a lot of last season talking about that being a massive weakness, about the fact that we needed to sign a stronger defensive midfield player, and I, you know, I don't think that issue has entirely gone away, especially with Canberra getting injured, but midfield now, all of a sudden, feels like a strength, so it's a it's a complete about face, and the, the players haven't changed. I mean, I suppose bringing the Canberra in when he wasn't playing before is a, is a slight change, but players haven't. Coming back
2: haven't to changed. fitness as well, AJ. In fairness, I think under Smith, were, he didn't really have the four of them to choose from. I think yeah, that they're all fit. Yeah,
3: that's that's true. And you know, people saying Ramsey wasn't involved in the game. Sixty-nine touches he had. Only Louise had more touches with seventy-one. I, I mean, Louise was my man of the match. Actually, I thought it was incredible. Yeah. Um, and I, I said uh, on the preview pod, uh, a good bit of foresight from from me uh, uh, here, that uh, in games like the Norwich game, uh, where we have more of the ball, I much prefer to see Louise in that sixth role than than camber. because when you're pressing teams and he's just buzzing around, you like know, you know just on the edge of the final third and linking play up. There, there was one phase in the second half where I think he must have just picked it up and and recycled it four or five times trying to find the the right pass and um, you know I, I thought he was I thought he was excellent but I also think he's been great playing higher up uh, in an eight role as well so yeah I, I think um, Gerald is definitely getting the best out of the uh, the midfield players don't overlook as well I don't think Gary McAllister's role uh, because he was a very good midfield player as well and I was thinking particularly yeah. about trying to get the best out of Buendia for me, actually, McAllister is a much more similar midfield player um, uh, to Buendia than, than Gerard is. You know, Gerard, you can see where, you know, McGinn and Ramsey and those kind of players are looking to emulate him. But actually, if I was Emi Buendia, I'd be looking at, at, at Gary Mack and, and trying, to, trying to learn some stuff uh, from him as well. You know, not that you can only coach players who were a similar type of player to you, of course. But sure. I, I don't think, you know, in terms of improving yeah. our midfield players... It isn't only Stephen Gerrard who we've got in there, who was actually a top top quality midfield um, player. You've got Gary McAllister in, in there as well, playing a role, and I don't think we should overlook his influence.
2: Not to mention Gabi Bondahor's influence, who's been texting Jacob all week. <laughs> although, <Yeah>. and, uh, <laughs> I,
4: although from looking at Ramsey, he was like, I didn't get a text from him. What's, I don't think he's got my number.
0: <laughs> Gabriel, who <Yeah>. yeah. <laughs> do you see? Did I see Ramsey's uh, post comments? Yeah. he remember yeah. Oh, Ramsey yeah. said it. Excellent goal by me. Yeah, we did excellent, it is. excellent so goal confident. by me. Come oh. off the
4: hour, come Thank off the man,
2: know.
0: Jacob Ramsey. Thank you very much. The general pattern of that game. So you know, first half, obviously, we, we talked about it on on our WhatsApp thread whilst we were watching it. You know, uh, very good interplay, very good build up play, without lacking that final ball. Uh, cash guilty of a few. Um, Stray crosses, let's say, and also, put, put not many bodies in the box uh, as well. So not all of his own fault. But then second half, we, we sort of lost our way a bit. How important do you think that Carney make maker cameo was in that, that? that assist in terms of that the game and the way that it was going. Well,
3: I mean, I, I I thought we were poor in the second half. To be honest, I thought it was they managed to make it scrappy, which didn't suit us at all, and we didn't manage to we didn't manage to get things. You know, back to the way we were playing in the first half where we had some really nice spells of uh possession. Uh, and actually, to a degree, that's a bit of a worry for me going into the Burnley game because that's exactly what they're going to want to try and do. They're going to want to try and make it into a scrap rather than a, rather than a football game. And we need to find a way around that. But uh, we did in the end. A great assist from Carney. A little bit of good fortune with his first touch, I thought. He could possibly have lost it there. Um, but the drive into the box, the pullback was was perfect as well and uh, very good um, if easy finish from from Watkins, but you know proper striker stuff being in the right place uh, at the right time, making the right run, timing it, staying on side, all of that. and I mean Norwich were really poor, weren't they? They, they never yeah. really laid they never really laid a glove on us all game. The only chance they had was from Young's poor. Back pass. It wasn't anything they created themselves, and what what a terrible attempt to finish that was, uh, as well. I yeah, thought they was were that? really poor. And what was that? They look nailed on to go down for me. I'm sure Dino will improve them, but they haven't got the players to stay up on it. No. Yeah, I think I think with Carney,
2: I, th- I possibly would have brought one a bit earlier um, when Dia was struggling after he got that kick in the in the foot, um, and I think that for the first fifty 50, 55 minutes. Some of Buendia's one-touch play around the box with, uh, I mean, what I love is you've got Louise, you've got McGinn, uh, you've got Buendia, you've, and, and to be honest, it seems to work better with Kashi, going down the right rather than uh, down the left with Target, and at times, that some of the one-touch play that, 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 that we saw between those four, looking to feed Watkins um, you know, in behind, I just thought it was fantastic. It was like watching a different team to the uh, team we watched uh, in, the, in the early games. You know, having the confidence to snap those balls into each other, trusting each other's touch, playing one-touch stuff. I just thought, God, we look like a really good team. And I think the most important aspect of that for me was that Steven Gerrard said before the game, look, you know, we went up to Liverpool, you know, Jacob Ramsey, I guess, notionally was 10, but he wasn't really 10 because, you know, if you look at the heat map, he's never in the number 10 position. Um, you know, and, uh, and actually... Before the match, Gerard said, "Well, this is the sort of game where we're expected to have more possession." And in that first half, there was a, a period where we were absolutely all over them. We controlled the ball, we, we had quality on the ball, and uh, and I just thought, you know, th- uh, th- this is an ex for me. I, I think the portents are great because it shows that Gerard knows these are the games where we'll dominate the ball, and, and I actually know how we're going to go and dominate the ball. I think the only difficulty, and we talked about this on the WhatsApp, was. If you have that much possession in those sorts of areas, why aren't you creating as you know? Should you be creating more clear-cut opportunities? And I think that maybe Kashi for all his energy up and down the line, I mean, he's like you know, he's like 25-year-old Milner on steroids at times, going up and down that right wing, and it's great to see it. But he, he, you play him in beyond that last man, and he's cutting it back and. You know, he just needs to start finding Watkins or finding Wendy arriving in late or whatever, because I don't know how much more patience Gerard's going to have for it. Um, I don't know. That's just me. I got in a lot of trouble uh, on Twitter, uh, suggested it. So I think it was Ty Bracey said, oh, uh, unbelievable quality from cash in the final third. Now, if six crosses attempted and not completed is unbelievable quality, then I don't know. Maybe, I'm, maybe I've got something wrong about the game of football. But uh, for me, I think that's where he definitely needs to add to his game.
0: Oh, bit, yeah. bit of beef. Bit of beef. Twitter beef. We love a Twitter beef. On Twitter. Yeah. Well, I don't uh, know. Carl. have you changed your opinion on Twitter
3: now? You're bashing out tweets with 800 likes.
4: No, no. That... no, 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 it's not. No, it's actually reinforced my uh, opinion that Twitter is full of idiots. I, I barely said anything, and 855 people are liking it. I've only got 100 followers. I didn't. Oh, even sorry, ha- mate. 8,
3: 855 is it? Not the 855. You're
2: it sound- no, no. Yeah, okay. But
4: sorry, little- I, I undersold you that. there with that. I didn't even hashtag food. it. Didn't even. Didn't even put an hashtag on it, and people. Are, uh, I mean, uh, like, actually you know, sick. What can I? What? What can? I, what can I do? But no, yeah, yes, AJ. It reinforces it that Twitter's, uh, you know, mainly full of idiots.
0: You know, we look at any improvements that we can make, and sort of, uh, Sam's touched on one of those in terms of catchy and the, the sort of the final ball. Um, it seems like the midfield set it seems like the back five is set, uh, and that seems to be functioning really well. And even the midfield, whoever we play in there, seems to be doing a role. That front three has changed quite often under Gerard, and, and doesn't seem to be quite functioning as well. Uh, uh, what do you think uh, Gerard needs to be looking at in terms of you know, how the personnel, tactics? Um, you know, how do we improve that sort of fine third, which we which seems to be lacking a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I
0: can't remember what the latest Leon Bailey is, but
1: as soon as he's back, you want him in the mixer as soon as possible, I think. I mean, Ashley Young can't quite make my mind up on. I think maybe he's better at the sort of more defensive, the big games against the likes of Liverpool than against Norwich. I think he kind of lacked a bit of the sort of pace that you wanted in a game like that. Um, Ings and Watkins is still this sort of puzzle that no one can quite... Um, work out I think in, was it the Liverpool game when both of them when was it Watkins out wide and Ings was in the middle for the last 20 minutes yeah. or so and I, I thought yeah. that was looking pretty good um, so I'd like to see that tried again although, although it didn't look, didn't
0: look it so good against uh, Norris though I thought uh, that that exact I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not sure Watkins likes it but at the same time he's got uh, to play there I
1: think Watkins is so good in
0: that role isn't he that it's
1: quite hard to you want to kind of yeah. give minutes in every game in that spot but then what do you do with Ings
4: you, you need you need Ings to be the the key is Ings performing well because you you put Watkins on the left you're you're distracting from his game so you need Ings to really be performing for for it to be worth doing and um it, it didn't quite work in a Norwich game I don't think
0: I do I do wonder whether that tactic whether what, because obviously am these games he hasn't had games, he didn't look very sharp against Norwich in particular Matt Sharp he was a few loose passes few balls that were all nicked away from him. I wonder if Gerrard maybe gives him a few games in that role just to get him up to speed and trying, and, because obviously they've spent big money and they're probably paying him a big wage. He's probably the highest earner of the club now um, for, for him to outlay that on a 28-year-old, 29-year-old. They, they want to see some return, obviously. So, yeah, they can't just sit on the bench, I can't imagine, uh, for the rest of the season. But, but maybe he can. I,
1: I think a massive elephant in the room with all this is just, you know, for Villa and every club, it's just, when you look at COVID and you look at the teams getting wiped out at the moment, I mean, it, it, might not have a lot of choice about who's in the front three in like you know two weeks' time if there's still football going on. Um, well, and well, I think
2: how many, you know, there's was it two million the, cases by them, Joey. Two million cases a day in two weeks' time, isn't it? So I'd imagine yeah. we're all gonna they're all gonna have it. And obviously football like footballers have to
1: test every day, so you know they're they're, they're going to know about it if they're. And you know, I think that's definitely a certain significant minority that are unvaccinated, which means that if you have if you come into close contact with a covid person and you're unvaccinated and obviously you know football clubs have to very much go through all these legal protocols then you have to self-isolate um and we don't know you know the football clubs will certainly name not name which individuals they are but it's a huge problem for all clubs at the moment
3: and there there's some- a survey there's a survey that came out today wasn't there which was football league rather than rather than premier yeah. league but it said 25 percent of players had said they weren't going to get vaccinated or they had no intention to get vaccinated and i just find it yeah. Incredible in the you know, when your job is relies on your physical fitness, uh, that that's in uh, this that's the situation, but there's,
4: uh, I mean, they, they believe they believe in the the fact that the vax, vaccination might affect their ability to to perform at the level they want. They they believe in the uh, sort of uh, I might as well put it bullshit around how um, you know, un, unsafe vaccinations are with not real much evidence
0: of that. I was, I, I, was I was going to say let's not get political on here, but it's not really politics; it's science. At the end of the day, it's just yeah. facts. I think, and uh, I, I we always it get like political on here. I, 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 yeah, I yeah that's true. I mean, we we was, normally have a, at least a couple of minutes
4: we We know. all we do always <laughs> say we're not going to get political on air before we get political you on air. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But but I, mean, I saw I, I saw like randomly on Insta, I, was, I think it was maybe a Napoli player or Fiorentina player or someone like that who was uh, who uh, who was basically having heart issues or having breathing issues or whatever difficulties and and people like tweeting out or oh he's oh, had the vaccine uh you know is this an issue with the vaccine there's a lot of things coming out now that are oh, all these footballers who are having these issues is it because of the vaccine i'm like well surely it's because they've all had covid and i looked through like at least five footballers where this has been mentioned on on social media where people have been like well he's that they've had the vaccine maybe the vaccine is the issue and all five footballers all had covid last year all reported so surely yep. it's the, the covid you know the the, the big uh, the big virus that's spreading across the world, the world you know, that, that maybe that's something to do with it. That's impacted so many people with long COVID and things like that. And we saw how it affected Villa last year in terms of team performances. Not that it was solely down to that, obviously, but it did have an impact. Uh, and, and as AJ said, if your, your job is based on peak physical fitness and performance, then that's always going to have a detrimental impact. So, uh, which I suppose brings us nicely onto the, the next game, which is the Burnley game on Saturday. So, uh, whether this game goes ahead or not, we be it normal. They've already wiped
1: yeah. out four,
0: game, four, four games four, on the yeah.
3: day.
0: Yeah. Should we? Should we just do a quick vital statistics then, AJ?
3: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think maybe in, uh, on predictions at the end of this, we should predict whether the game's going to happen or not, rather than what, yeah. the, what the scores. What the, score, cool. what
0: the scores? Uh, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's do some uh...
4: vital statistics, ladies and yeah! gentlemen.
0: AJ, on you, mate.
3: All right, thanks, mate. Um, do you reckon we've got a winning record against Burnley overall in all history? Yes. Surely, surely. We have, we have, but it's closer than I thought. We've won 51, we've lost 41, so we've only got a 10 game advantage. I thought it would be more than that, uh, and 28 draws. Um, not, not played them a huge amount of times in the Premier League, obviously, because they haven't been in it the whole time and uh, we haven't been in it the whole time either. So um, we've had two wins each and a draw. Um, if you look at the last 10 games against Burnley, uh, we've only lost two of them. So that's quite good. Four draws um, and uh, uh, four wins. Um, but we have only won one of the last five games uh, against them, which is uh, less than ideal. Uh, but uh, they have been pretty rubbish uh, this season. They've only won once uh, in the league all season, twice overall. Uh, I think the other one was Rotherham in the league, in the league, league cup. So uh, not not a huge win by any means. Uh, and they've also not won for five games. But they've actually lost fewer games than us uh, this season uh, overall. We've lost nine. They've only lost six. So um, maths fans will have worked out already that uh, they draw a lot of games. Uh, So uh, whilst they've not won in five games, they have actually only lost once in those last five games. So four four draws. But they have failed to score at all in their last three games. Uh, And in fact, they've failed to score in eight of their 16 league games this season um, and only scored 13 goals in total. So they do not score uh, a lot of goals. And they have not won away from home in the league at all uh, this season. So four losses and, and four uh, four draws. So this is definitely a game we should not lose. They've only, as I say, only lost once, yeah, only won once in the league uh, all season, and zero wins uh, away. So as a minimum, we should be expecting a draw here. But they are still a difficult side um, to beat. Uh, and um, they will make it difficult for us to score goals, but it should be relatively easy, especially given uh, improved defensive performances, to shut them out. So, I mean, a, a nil-nil is not entirely unlikely, but I would hope. Um, I think if we nick an early goal, then it will be fairly comfortable. But the longer it, the longer it goes on, the more frustrating will will be. Uh, we touched on Cornet earlier. Joey mentioned him as a uh, as a as an example of um, people coming to the Premier League for, for more money, uh, and he's certainly been worth that money from a Burnley point of view. Uh, he's only made eight starts this season and he's scored five goals. So um, I don't know what his current fitness situation is. He's had a few injuries here and there. I don't know if he's expected to play at the weekend uh, or not. Um, but he does offer uh, a goal threat. Um, far and above anyone else uh,
0: in their team, so I think he's the one to, to watch out for. Yeah, well, I was just reading the uh, barely um, the press conference today as well. So uh, whilst I read that through, <laughs> there's my research. Jerry, your thoughts on the uh, on the match? Uh, well, uh,
1: I'm, I'm still having cold sweats about the uh, the one and was it January? Where it was was it? Two nil to three
4: two. Yeah, I was that's just cool. gonna, I was just thinking about that the whole conversation. Um, was just thinking about that game.
1: That was kind of when the wheels sort of started coming off, really, wasn't it? I mean, not not the wheels came off, it just didn't really play well after that for a very long time. But anyway, we won't talk about that too much. But yeah, I think it should be fairly comfortable. You know, if you're looking for a, a three points, you know, a home match against a team that's won one game all season, you, that should be a banker. So I think anything less than that would be disappointing. Um. Yeah, pretty optimistic. Maybe that's deluded.
0: Carl, your thoughts?
4: Um, same, really. I, I think we should be beating them. Um, I think we've got more than enough quality to beat them. I don't think they've got anywhere near enough quality to... They shouldn't be scoring against us if you look at their team. Um, I'm surprised they ever score a goal, ever. Um, they're they're pretty awful. They, they've got to be due to go down at some stage, haven't they? Um, it, um, but you know, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll manage to um, manage to keep them up somehow, and he'll still be Burnley manager in about 15 years with the same coat, as the uh, famous um, conversation with uh, John McGinn goes, which is great. If you've if you've not heard someone uh, tell that story, it's great. Um,
1: Does, did you see him out on his in his shirt shirt and tie in the snow
4: i did i did yeah, yeah. I did definitely. and then he was asked about it and he was talking to the journalist as if the journalist was asking one of the most ridiculous questions ever what we're we really talking about me being in a shirt are we yes yeah it's, that's all they've got to talk about you're a burnley manager what else have they got to talk to you about sure yeah. the, no, the, the, other...
3: the other the other yeah. the other thing is he's definitely set that up. Like he's, lit, he's worn that shirt. Yeah. So that they ask him about the shirt, so that he can say, "Oh, what are we talking about this for, <laughs> yeah. you idiots?
0: Could you wear a shirt me about in my this? new no.
3: expansive style of play?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> always, always got to do one accent, don't you? Sam? Always <laughs> one impersonation, or, one accent. Was that an accent? Always. always. <laughs> don't Why don't know.
2: you ask me about my new expansive style of football that I'm bringing to turf
0: more? That's good. fair, that's pretty good. I'll give them that. <laughs> um, just, just FYI, um, so they've got one COVID case confirmed. The one player missing, although they're not named, and Corney is touching down with his thigh. But they are hopeful they settled down. There's the team news ahead of the game.
3: What's uh, our, what's our COVID
4: situation at the minute? I
0: don't know. Well, I did a
3: good. I did a lateral flow earlier not y- I went not, to the I'm
0: fine. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Can you shit about you? you <laughs> yeah, there were there were
3: a few unmasked parents at the recital, though, so you know it's just possible yeah, you, that you, you mentioned that
4: earlier. Yeah.
0: Let, let your left wing
4: policies come out now, mate. I'm trying to work out if I'd
0: feel comfortable. You, if one of you guys had a...
3: Yeah.
0: You you've <laughs> just said it's you've just said it's science,
3: not politics, mate. So I'm all right on this. I know. Point. We shouldn't we shouldn't put we shouldn't put mass on a left right spectrum. That's a dangerous that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. Uh,
2: that that game that uh, Joey alluded to, where we absolutely battered them and played some of the best football I'd seen. That's not going to be the Villa vault, and, is it? Yeah, and then no, and then and then do you remember Grealish got the ball at the halfway line and took on about four of them and then did didn't manage to do what Jacob Ramsey did the other night. Exactly. Um, yeah, the, the,
4: the midfield, the um the he giant, just hit, it straight, up, it, hit well. it straight at Pope, but
2: we were so good, and then somehow they scored three, complete shit house, stand yeah. it up at the back stick, Chris Wood will throw his bonce at it, goals. Um and I just hope that we don't end up with another game like that, but actually Wendy, i was worried might be a fitness doubt but i think as social media suggests he's all right and i, I just think that we will pass them off the bark and, and we'll get a result um I, so i and I, I'm, I'm hoping to go so uh yeah hopefully it will all happen and uh, and we'll get away well, so right i'm going for two one
0: sorry sorry Joe,
1: two one all right so joey usa you've got to have a covid pass now you know the rules
0: have changed so yeah, yeah. i just read just read my emails yeah got to bring got pass. Pass.
1: terrible isn't it so get your screenshots ready yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh two, so sam gone 2-1 joey i think 3-0
3: feeling confident
0: oh nice aj I will just
3: mention. I know. I know Sam loves the XG. So I will just mention in that oh. in that game, Burnley scored three goals from 0.5 XG. So they were definitely right to describe them as three shithouse goals. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, we haven't talked to XG this week. We'll talk about it next. We'll talk about it next. We
3: week haven't. Because, uh, Carl, yeah. Carl's going well. run about
4: that. Carl's going run about that. Go on. Carl,
0: so Carl, do I. Um, I think we'll win two 0 Carl. Twenty-seven nil. Yay! The there coming, it is. Oh, he's back.
3: I'm really
4: back. really confident and yeah that's not even the joker prediction I do think we will beat them 27 now on, on, on Saturday <laughs> shut up
0: uh, I think there's going to be uh, two yeah comfortable clean sheet we'll score a goal early on go under a bit of pressure second half early on and then we'll get one like 75th minute basically, it- basically
3: the Norwich game
0: basically the Norwich game it's 3pm yeah 3pm yeah 3pm game um, although it probably might be the only game at this rate I yeah uh, great, I guess we'll see it's not going to happen uh, is it I don't think so I don't think so but anyway let's push on uh, next up it's the vault.
3: Right.
0: So, what you got for us this week mate and well, i just that's... say,
3: Joe, Joey, you're under pressure here because our guest last week was phenomenal on this feature. So yeah. you've, got, yes. you've got quite a so lot to so, live so, right. so
0: that we banned him from all future podcasts. It
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was too it, good. It it
2: was ridiculous. It was like he was seeing my screen in front of me and he had it all. I just couldn't believe how good he was. Anyway, I'm sure, Joe, you won't be as good as that. Uh, let's see. Okay. So I'm taking you all the way back to uh, 2015, lads, actually. It's not that long ago, really. Um, although kids, the kids probably think it is ages ago, but it's not really. Anyway, um, and uh, it's a home game, obviously, against Burnley uh, in 2015. It was the, uh, what season was it? So this was May. So it's the 14-15 season, all right? All
0: right. The season before we got relegated. Really
2: That's correct. All right. So uh, anyone got any sense of what the score might have been? I
0: can't remember it. Uh, 27
4: now? No.
0: No, this was so. This would have been under Shearwood when we were going on a good run. We beat yeah. West Ham, beat Everton. I reckon we lost. I think we we lost this. Yeah, one nil maybe or.
3: One I l- reckon we lost. I, I'm basing that on the fact I know, I know we've only won one of the last five, so uh, I reckon we lost. Oh, we've he's gone. He's gone. All right. Well, um, I've we've lost. 11, it's all right. I've got eleven v eleven. I'll take over. Hang on. Let me just open it up.
4: It's time to shine, and he's,
0: he's here. We go. Here we go. Yeah, it's his
3: segment, but he's gone. Anyway, um, so you're right, Omar. We we did lose uh, one. We did lose one nil. Um, who scored their goal?
0: What a weird game to pick. I think Ooh, has... Why does he keep
4: doing this? It really brings me down. Um, losing. Uh, who scored? It would
0: have been Jack Falk. Oh, no.
3: Uh, Ashley Barnes? Hm? Ashley Barnes play? Ashley Barnes did play. He did play, yeah, but he didn't score. Give us a clue. Give us a clue. I suspect the goal scorer is one of the reasons why. Uh, why it was chosen? Danny Ings. Yes, Danny Ings. Uh, Early after after six minutes.
4: Danny Ings um, played for Burnley.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah Danny Burnley. Stanning's always
4: scored against Villa. Yeah. Yeah. That was it was worth buying him just so he couldn't score against us anymore. To so yeah. he's, I was looking at Darrell against Villa the other day.
1: We won't talk about that anymore.
0: Was that sorry, Jerry, yeah,
3: yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, twelve. Oh, he's, he's trying to he's back.
0: He's, he's back. Back. He's back. Sam's back. Sam, we just got a goal scorer, mate. I filled I
3: filled the, the gap for you, mate. Because I still had 11-11 oh. open, so I just jumped in there. So we've done the goal scorer. Com- uh, computer we've established...
2: unhelpfully turned itself off. Sorry about that. So you've done Danny Ings?
3: Yeah. We've done, yeah, we've done Danny Ings as the goal scorer. And we just, I guess, probably need to try and get on with guessing our lineup now.
4: Yeah, okay. we, we, yeah. we also know Ashley Barnes played for uh, Burnley. That, that's also right. a thing that we've we've gathered. All
3: right, yeah. so uh, Joey, right, uh,
2: who do you reckon was in goal for Villa that day?
1: Fourteen, fifteen. Yep. Guza? No. Oh, you know what? I'm not sure. this. Like 2013 to 16 is worse than it is like 10 years earlier. <laughs> so like.
0: It's like age Ages the same.
3: AJ yeah, AJ I'm the, the same. Do me, do the 90s, and I'm all over it. But yeah. any
0: of these ones. I could no, do. Never. But, was it was it a gimmick, given? No, no. no. It's,
3: it's,
0: it's, I, it? This is. A, uh, it? I <laughs> <laughs> why. Still uh, playing for us. Oh, Steer, what? Jed
2: Steer. Steer. Really? Steer. What? And Jed Steer played. God knows. Jed,
4: Jed Steer was with us in the 2013 14 season. Yeah, oh, Guzan,
3: Guzan's done. on the bench as well. So Guzan's on the bench, so it was obviously, you know, unless Guzan had a little injury, but not quite good enough yeah. to start. My has been, been, been selected.
2: All right. Okay, so, uh, right, Carl, see if you can name the back four. Fucking hell,
4: man! I didn't even know we'd bought Jed Steer. Um, did did uh, oh Jesus, louton Nope.
0: Fucking hell. Um, Lescott. Les Pardon? Was Lescott then? No. You no. says he's the uh, uh, season after? Uh, Vla
2: Yes. Vlah Concrete wrong
0: Or Corey? Uh,
2: no. Kieran Clark. <laughs> uh, no. Ewan Richardson?
0: Nathan,
2: Nathan, nope. yeah, Nathan, Nathan Baker? Yes. Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, Nathan uh, Baker, yeah. I'd rather have Cheryl Baker, Alan, to be honest, but there you go. Oi.
0: Alan
2: Hutton? Uh, No. On the De bench? Soco? Soco? Uh, no. You won't believe he was playing left back. It's an absolute. No, joke.
3: you
0: won't. No, you won't. You won't oh, believe it. Uh, it was, uh, Fabian Delft played left back, didn't he? No. No. Oh, crap. Who was it then? And Zoltopia. What? Oh. <laughs> Oh, Bakuna right back. Yeah, Bakuna right back. Bakuna right back. back. God, left right back.
2: Bakuna. D- God.
0: Delph, Westwood.
2: Yeah. Delph, Westwood, yeah. Um. Uh, <laughs> uh
0: Benteke obviously. Wyman. Yeah.
2: Gabby. No, Gabby. not Wyman. Gabby, yes.
0: Gabby, uh, Wyman's and, on the bench. Uh, uh, Alhammedy.
2: No, I can I mean, it's amazing that you can't think of this guy.
0: Oh. Uh,
4: oh hang on. He's uh he's he's doing a bit of wordplay here. Jack,
2: right? Jack
0: Grealish,
3: a certain Jack yeah. Grealish played, yeah, and a and a very intelligent midfielder in there as well, you could say. Yeah. Um, a real schemer. Oh right. Yeah. Oh, uh, a, sort,
0: yeah.
3: a very smart sort of uh, smart player.
0: What? Diver cleverly. <laughs>
3: <Hey. laughs> there he <we> go. <laughs> that's oh. a real. That's a oh, real rush that was oh, getting that it's much more fun when you
2: know the answer is this oh, I've got to say um, alright the the, 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 uh, the, the Burnley team the, yeah that's it the Burnley team is so shit I just cannot believe we lost I suppose there's a couple of half decent players in there there's only one player there that um, that, that has ever no two that have played for Villa alright so uh, Danny, Ings. Danny Ings Danny <laughs> is one who else Yeah, yeah. who's the other one Uh
0: uh, oh, Westwood. No, no, that was after uh, uh, who, someone we signed for Burnley, someone we sold to Burnley. We
3: we signed him. Yeah. From Burnley. Yeah. Yeah. Quite quite recently as well. Huh? Uh.
0: Uh. The 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 Oh. Tom Heaton.
3: Yeah. Omar's yeah. in there with one. Yeah. A couple I mean, of look, other like I mean you said that shit. There's a
0: couple trippy, of, others, yeah. uh, trippy of trippy Trippier players.
3: Mikey was in team.
0: there. Michael Keane.
2: Was he playing ben then?
0: Me, ben Mee, yeah. Uh, fullback. Yeah. Uh Tarkovsky back uh, then, uh no. trying to right. think that, the wingers that had their they had uh Boyd playing Jack or George Boyd. Boyd. George, yeah, George Boyd. Boyd, George Boyd. Scott Stat
2: Scott, Scott Arfield. Arfield. I mean I've never heard of these players, to be honest.
0: Uh I don't know no, anyone <laughs> else. Can't remember I, I, remember I mean else. our team wasn't the most room. Our oh. team wasn't
4: brilliant, was
2: it? Greenwich, Benteke, then. Agbon, Lahore, Delf, cleverly. I mean, yeah, cleverly. So
3: this is a, a good team. That back four, though, is come on. Yeah. Come on. Bakuna. Baker, Zog... In Baker, Zogbia, Bakuna. Bakuna. And, <laughs> and Baker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bakuna was, Bakuna
0: was playing
3: quite
0: well at that point, wasn't he? Did he
4: ever get his move to the Champions League, Omar? Oh, he was at Reading, When not he, last time I saw him? Oh, yeah. I don't know, but yeah.
0: He's, I'm not sure if they're in the Champions better. League.
2: I think he did. Shame. Yeah. Cool. Right. What was the I attendance, Sam? Forty
4: thousand, uh, nearly
2: forty-one thousand, which is not bad for. We are sold out on Saturday, but it's that's not bad uh, to get
4: crazy. nearly forty-one thousand under tactics. team. It it May, so you so say it. was that like penultimate home game of the season? Yeah, could have was, been. We're just we're about to play
0: the FA Cup uh, soon after, were not we? we must uh, everyone's
4: done. trying. Everyone's trying to get an extra game so they can get a ticket, aren't they? I
0: think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, good, nice, cynical, cynical,
4: good, nice yeah. But Sunday. we weren't selling out in that, those those years, we was, nah. we was never selling out. You could, I you wonder how many people, like, for Saturday if it happens, are gonna
0: have tickets and just not show up. But I was wondering, wondering that, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. fair few, fair few, fair few, especially with Christmas coming up. You don't want
4: to risk it, do you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> although I'm going to Ewood Park on Saturday, I'm risking it for. Blackburn versus Blues, if that's the last
2: so Ben Brereton Diaz smashing in a no,
4: no, he's he suspend, he suspended. Oh, fuck I know, fuck. I, know, I, know oh. I know, he's gutted. The Chilean, imagine, uh, imagine are you actually gutted? Are you really
0: gutted? Uh,
4: no, I'm I kind of don't want to go to be honest. Um,
3: imagine going all the way up there if the Blues win to watch To watch Blackburn who you don't even support and then I, the
0: Blues. Why win Why are you going again?
4: Are you going um, well, it's a kind of a weekend away with some friends, and he's a Blackburn fan, so um, we we just decided we was going to get to the game. Um, Surely, as soon as he
0: said he was a Blackburn fan, you were like, I don't want to
4: be mates. Huh? Uh, no, um, we was already deep in a in a in a <laughs> loving friendship <laughs> at, the, at this not, stage. Not <laughs> I
2: like Blackburn fans. Can I just say on record? I do, I do as well. I'm only joking.
4: Oh, I, know, oh, I, I I've never met one other than other than him. Oh, I met one. one I'm You've got to bring a chicken to release onto the pit. That's oh yeah, yeah. The Venkis uh, are, they, are they oh, still yeah. involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Why did have they stopped protesting now? I mean, I, I could ask. Yeah, well, they got promoted, so I think it's a bit more kind of amicable.
1: Right. I don't know. It's weird, but I think they're kind of you know they're never going to make their money back, so they're a bit sort of stuck. It's like some of these, you know, you get these like Chinese owners as well that. They don't want to kind of take the loss, so they just sort of stay until, I don't know what the end point is, like you've got that with um, Southampton at the moment, or West mm. Brom. Pop um, like quiz,
0: who's the last player we signed from Blackburn? Oh,
1: ested Yeah. Oh, did I get one?
0: Yeah, I think you're so. oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. right. I might, I might be completely wrong, there might be someone else. Hmm.
3: Well, don't don't do quiz questions
4: if you don't know the answer, Omar. That? No, there's, 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 there's a few there. no, noticeable ones. I um, Warnock, Friedel. Yeah, yeah, Freedom. Instead came off. after. Instead, no, no, I wasn't, I wasn't.
0: Just disputing
4: down, disputing your claim, Omar.
0: By the way, Jay. Thanks. You, mate. Win, you you win a socialist token. <laughs> What's it worth? <laughs> Can I, have the,
3: can I have the equivalent cash value, please? <laughs> no.
4: Can <laughs> I have a non-fungible token? Here's a, here's a picture of Jack Grealish's sh- um, shins. Okay, <laughs> good. Shall we leave it there? <laughs> All right, lads.
0: Thanks, Joey. Thank you for coming on, mate. That was uh, It was a really good, interesting first 30 minutes of the pod, and then it, it turned into it as usual. Usual <laughs> banter and nonsense, uh, but good nonetheless. Enjoy that. Thank you, lads, as well, for your time. As always, thank you all for listening. Uh, please do subscribe and follow us on whatever podcast platform you're on. Uh, the podcast is sponsored by Bay Digital, local uh, Birmingham based digital marketing company. Please do follow them as well. And and any of your digital marketing needs they can help with. Uh, and yeah, apart from that, thank you, Joey. Thank you, boys. And uh, up the villa. Up the villa. Uh, uh, up the villa. I love it. Mm-hmm. Manu,